0: what is up everybody welcome back to tag team pokemon trading card games Premier podcasting duo my name is riley holbert joined by my good friend jw krewal and with us today is a very special guest azul garcia griego azul how are you doing today
1: i'm doing doing great feeling good uh super excited to uh keep playing more rebel clash i'm glad that we got the new set out that's what i'm excited for right now
0: yeah are you kind of done with the sword and shield set
1: yeah, that was that one got <laughs> super stale, super fast, ADP station is the king. We can leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. It was I mean... a
2: pretty bad format, I think, generally yeah.
1: speaking,
0: or at least very played out.
1: Yeah. Super, yeah, the it problem was like is when super... it's
0: played out like in you know, two weeks or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't take very long for it to become played out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree for sure. So I think we could just jump right into it then. You said you're loving Rebel Clash. What is it that makes it so fun and interesting to you?
1: Um, I mean I don't think it's anything more so than other sets it's just new cards I just get excited to play like I always say my favorite format is the next format that we're not playing in yet because Mm. um, there's just new stuff I just want new stuff Um, so it's fresh right now Um, and it's probably because the sword and shield format was so bad um, um, that just having anything new uh, is just super exciting
2: yeah well, you sound just like every single one of my Twitch viewers. <laughs> they they can't appreciate what they got, you know, have to move on to the next newest thing. But uh no, that's cool. Um yeah, what have you been looking at some of the new new stuff? You know, we're getting like two sets ahead of ourselves, but uh some of that dark stuff is looking kinda kinda nasty.
1: So I do I do look at the new cards a little bit. Yeah, the dark stuff looks pretty good. It's super exciting to see just them kind of pushing super strong to just give uh types of just a strong boost like very oh maybe like hopefully not too overpowered i think zation was a little overboard with the metal saucer and all the support it got immediately maybe it's a little bit too much on on zation side but hopefully this one's not quite as overboard or maybe just enough to match it and then maybe that's where we're, we're gonna match the strength that zation had with every type um but uh, I usually don't look too far ahead in the new sets. A lot of people ask me a lot of questions. I'm like, I don't know. I haven't read the cards. Like I'll look at the stuff on Poker Beach once, and <laughs> yep. then I won't look at it until the set comes out. I don't like test new formats or think I don't come up with deck lists for new sets. I like when the cards come out on PDCGO. That's when I play them. Otherwise, up to that point, you know, I'll look at the set when the when the full official set list comes out. That's the only time I really look at the cards uh, in depth at all. And then but then past that, I don't look at them until they come out on PDCGO.
0: Fair enough. I, I personally am not a big fan of getting too deep in the in the sauce with new sets before they come out. Yeah. It's like you still have games to play in this format, you know. Yeah. Speaking of this format, are you going to be playing in the Limitless qualifier this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. Um, not quite locked in on a deck yet, but um, got a couple couple decks that I really like. Definitely going to play. I was this, the last one. I didn't play in qualifier two because the new set had just come out, so I'd much rather you know, not play against... um, Like, I expected Mewtwo Malamar to do very well, and it did in Qualifier 2. And I expected that to be a go-to deck for a lot of people who, like, were kind of, like, tracking how the meta should develop and, like, knowing that just, like, if you just want to beat Mill, you just play Mewtwo Malamar. Um, So I didn't want to go into a tournament playing against Zation, Mill, which is super annoying against, and then Mewtwo Malamar, which is also super annoying to play against, so they give this Marnie and Trevnor you. Um, So I didn't play in Qualifier 2, but I played in Qualifier 1. It was a ton of fun. It's, like, a very long day, but it's definitely... It's worth it, especially with no other competitive, real big competitive events going on right now. So I'm super excited for uh, the qualifier three coming up. Cool.
0: Expanding yeah. off of that, I'm sorry, yeah. have you, you no, on go on. ahead, go ahead. But I'm, do you think there's like a long term potential for Pokemon to start adopting online tournaments? I mean, it seems like it's been a huge yeah. hit. Do you think that's just a product of the quarantine, or is that something that could potentially become part of our circuit?
1: I mean, I think I definitely i don't think the client can currently support it on a uh like tpci circuit level um i think if we ever saw them you know come out with a new client or make major changes to the current one i think that would actually be a tell that they want to do that Mm -hmm. um but i wouldn't i think i would like limitless to continue doing this um you know past when you know the uh the real life events come back and i think yeah part of the success is um, you know, part of, you know, quarantining, no, nothing going on competitive. And a lot of people do just love the game. So they want to yeah. play it um, on a competitive level. It's super, it's like, yeah. I mean, the energy I had just by playing in, in Qualifier 1 was like so high. I loved it. Like, it was a ton of fun. I love competing again. Um, and yeah, it was just a ton of fun. So I think that is a big thing. People don't get that kind of uh, the adrenaline rush, whatever you want to call it right now, because we don't have any tournaments going on. So that does, I was actually super surprised. There was only like, it was like 950 for the first qualifier. I thought the second qualifier would drop off by by a couple hundred, but it was like 10 people less than qualifier one. And so, and I think qualifier this will should be the biggest one yet with the new set out. So, yeah, um, hopefully it gets bigger. I hope they continue. I don't know if they have. I'm sure they probably have plans to continue it past these these first four qualifiers in the Invitational because of how much success it's had. Um, hopefully it keeps growing, and uh, I would like to see Limitless kind of at least establish their own online circuit. Whether you know Pokemon comes out with something like official. For online tournaments, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I don't think they will unless we see a, a massive overhaul on the client. And I think if they do do that, will definitely that'll definitely be a sign that they plan on running online tournaments.
2: Mm-hmm. You speak, you know, about the uh, about the tournaments, the online circuit, and how excited you are for that. And I just want to ask, like, being away from the competitive circuit, and that was you know, IRL was so huge. Um, what have you been doing during quarantine to kind of stay on top of your game? And to remain, I don't know. I guess relevant if there isn't a, a competitive circuit in real life.
1: Um, you mean it's just like as being a competitor or like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, just playing on PDCGO is the most part. I mean, I've never. I mean, my uh, like try hard play testing, um, with my group had kind of fallen off quite a bit, like the last three, like three years, um, and most of my my playing really just come through just through the content, like streaming. Uh, making videos that's where most of my play time with Pokemon comes from um, over like the last couple of years um, I guess for like international championships and like uh, worlds and stuff there would definitely be a little bit more uh, time set aside for testing especially like the days leading up to the event getting there a couple of days before and so on I play a lot um, but it's pretty much the same for me as far as like you know kind of keeping up and keeping up with competing um, or just trying to stay you know on top of my game it's just the same stuff I've been doing the last couple of years which is just streaming ptcgo and then making yeah. uh, making content in general
2: yeah would you say that recently your um content has been getting better it's now that you have maybe more time to devote to it
1: yeah yeah definitely i feel like um for sure it's been i've uh, given me time to kind of refine some of the stuff that i've wanted to or just even being able to like see some of the stuff that i even really have time to like go out of my way mm-hmm. to like make better um kind of realizing that's something i can improve on and then just kind of doing more of it Uh, especially with the streaming being able to stream more I've always kind of wanted to stream as much as I possibly could but that was kind of limited by um, I used to have like longer coaching hours because you know um, back when there was a competitive season people there's a more uh, desire to for coaching um, way less now Um, and then I had you know the long weekends regional weekends um, but that's most of that's diminished to pretty much nothing I mean obviously there's no regionals anymore stuff like that so a lot more streaming which has always been my goal is to just kind of stream as much as possible
0: like to actually delve into that a little bit what kind of inspired you what was the path that you took to get to this content creation like stage or niche in pokemon i guess obviously you had a great history and story as a player but what about content creation in particular was inspiring to you
1: um a lot of it comes from i've never wanted a lot of it comes from uh i've always just like like I remember watching just people streaming back on uh justin t v before it was twitch t v
0: mm-hmm. and I was just
1: always very um I don't even know the right word I'm looking for like captivated by that and just watching people do stuff like that um sure. and you know, I, I was there when twitch first became a thing, watching that immediately as that came out um and a lot of it comes from that and then i always I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos like way back in the day people like uh Phil defranco mm-hmm. some other, Smosh. <laughs> um, who was the other one Niga. uh, yeah Nigahiga. all those kind of <laughs> I, I was always just I always really liked um, like yeah. just watching people create content it's always been something I've wanted to do um, like make YouTube videos and you know as I watch you know Justin TV become Twitch and so on stream on Twitch and so on um, and I streamed like i streamed like League of Legends a long time ago for a little bit um, and then I did a stream for a while and then I just started I, I think it was after I won florida regionals with Yvatol garb i stream i started streaming again i think it was after that a couple months after that maybe um is when i started streaming ptcgo on twitch um and it's, it's always been something i wanted to do whether or not you know I, now i'm down to the point where i'm doing it pretty much full time which is great um i don't know if i ever i know I, it was always kind of like a dream to be able to do something like this full time um so i never planned on definitely doing it but the fact that i'm able to do it is great um and I was, yeah, was always just kind of like, a, I want to do it. And, you know, whether or not I can do it full time, we'll see. But, yeah, just kind of started doing it because I just thought it was cool. Yeah.
2: And just keep doing it because you think it's cool. I mean, where do you think that you are in terms of your story content creating? Like, how far do you want to go with it? And, you know, where do you think you can end up?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it keeps growing. I would love to stay, you know, in pokemon specifically and keep doing that um i don't have the unfortunate highest hopes for that because of the way you know that ptcgo and kind of the online client is treated um it doesn't i don't see it having a long lifespan um unless they unless pokemon nintendo whoever needs to do something does something about it you know um i hope to stay in the the whole uh you know twitch streaming youtube content creation into some um to some capacity um you know and just it, you know i might not be doing pokemon you know for the rest of my life um uh maybe a new card game comes up you know hopefully something better than Terra. but um yeah maybe a new card game comes up and i start playing that or i don't know something comes along and i'll just i'll switch over to that in, in streaming and stuff especially as um i expect ptcgo or just pokemon in general to dwindle maybe i mean i assume if the 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 card game, the IRL terms and stuff starts thriving um, and continues thriving like the way it has been the last couple of years. They will probably look at you know updating the client, doing something big like that. Because I'm very jealous of what the uh, the guys have over there with Magic, the uh, the Magic Arena client. That thing is super sick. So um, yeah, I don't have a with the way it's going now. I don't have super high expectations for it to last forever. Although that's the way that's the way I would like it to go for uh, for Pokemon.
0: It's interesting because I feel like we've had multiple people now criticize the tcgo client and say that's uh i guess one of the things that the pokemon trading card game is lacking compared to other games and i feel like every time we kind of go over what things would you do to improve it so when you look at tcgo or your vision for how that might look what are certain things that you would hope that would be included
1: um, I mean, there's like so. There's so many things. There's so many basic things that I feel like they have the capability of doing. I mean, I'm not. I'm not someone who can like make these clients. I have no idea, like as far as like the coding goes and all of that, what it would actually sure. take to do some things. But even just something as simple as just folders for decks, so I can you know put my <laughs> decks in specific folders. And I can have two thousand seven worlds, a folder with decks in that. Um, but and the I biggest thing, that I think, the, <laughs> yeah, and the first thing they should do definitely is just. Um, a, a ranked ladder. Right. That's the first. That's yeah. the first thing, and I think it would draw so many people. There's so many people who I know who like have PTCGO, but no one plays the ladder. Like,
2: yeah. The
1: ladder's definitely mo. The most played has probably been in a while with the with the quarantine going on. But if they just had a ranked ladder, and you could come up with some very like cosmetic prizes for you know being the first place or top ten at the end of the month, make it a monthly ladder like every other card game does. Um, just copy Hearthstone system. No one's no one's gonna fault you for it. Like, <laughs> well, copy just, what Hearthstone does.
2: I just don't understand it because you look at Pokemon Go and you look at the video game, and they are you know they both have a ranked ladder. They both have a yeah. ranking system. It's like why not PTCGO? <laughs> yeah, Crazy.
1: um, that's like the first thing, and I feel like they have to be able to implement something with that in the current client. I mean, like I said, I don't know the they struggled with Beast Energy for a long time, so I don't know how hard <laughs> it is for them to change stuff on PTCGO. So it's either a tell is nothing and I wish they would just be um I would say I've been saying this recently. It's like I wish they would just at least communicate with us and tell us, you know, um, you know, we, we want to eventually do something uh, we want to make these big changes. We can't right now, or we're not going to do anything ever. And this is what you guys are going to have to just work with until you know it fizzles out, and then we stop updating the the client. But I, some communication would be great. Or if they, if they were just actively doing something, that would be enough. But we're kind of in a in an area where they're not actively doing anything. They're not communicating with us and telling us, you know, we want to make these big changes. We can't, or if these big changes are coming, or anything. Um, so yeah. But the ranked a ranked ladder would definitely be it would draw so many people to the game like i would be grinding there the the 30th of every month 31st whatever i would be sitting there grinding games trying to get that first place seed or first place spot at the end of every month uh for sure and i, I that would be the first step for sure just a ranked a ranked ladder for sure
0: yeah i totally agree the ranked ladder would be so much fun at least even if it didn't draw more people it would be more fun than this current like full art card <laughs> for you know some useless supporter from 5 sets ago <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Hey, don't don't ill-talk Bonnie, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is I already have my place set up full our Bonnie, so uh, <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> And the market value is now crashed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bro, Clive, did, Clive didn't even play Bonnie in his Zygar GX deck, bro. The, <laughs> yeah, Bonnie it's is so bad. Shit, yeah. oh it's,
0: so, it's so, so bad disappointing. Bonnie felt like it should be, like, cool and fun, but... It was just yeah, awful. I mean, if I...
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it felt, felt, definitely felt like, I remember when I first read the card, and I was like, it's, it feels like one of those cards that it's kind of like scary. Like, oh, if this can be abused. Mm. That's like really scary. But sure. um, yeah, obviously, Bonnie, not quite that kind of card. Not, not quite able to play a support in a stadium every turn consistently. So
0: Yeah. Who would have thought, man? <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes me think of a different route to pivot to. So what is your biggest like deck or card disappointment <laughs> of all time in Pokemon? <laughs>
1: deck or card disappointment like something i tried to make work or i thought would be good or
0: yeah exactly
1: yes oh man Hmm. that's a tough one i'm (laughs) trying to think i feel like i was hyping up something recently and then i tried it out and i just couldn't quit like maybe something from sword and shield recently i can't come up with anything off the top of my head um Oh, I guess flap like recently Flapple from Rebel Clash. <laughs> I don't know if it's the biggest, but I I did I read that card. I read the stadium. Like Turf Field is an insanely good card. Yeah. Um it just doesn't quite have the the card so Whittle Boom is like okay with the the Rillaboom Boom deck is like okay. But um yeah, Flapple I thought Flapple would be really good. Um but everything has a little bit too much HP and it's like a little bit too slow actually to get enough flapples like out there to have gotten enough damage value out of them. So yeah, recently Flapple. I can't come up. with, There's probably been a bigger one in my past, but Flapple as of recently, yeah, as the I thought he was gonna be so good. I was hyping him up too, but he, he fell a little bit.
2: On the other side of that coin, uh, just is there a card from your youth that you remember very distinctly uh, that maybe I don't know that you were particularly drawn to that maybe um, you know got you into the game. Or something that you just remember the artwork very distinctly. I, I actually don't know too much of your backstory. When did you start playing? And then, can you give me a card from when you started playing that just always holds that special place in your heart?
1: Um, I started playing in two thousand, like me, like end of two thousand nine, uh, two thousand ten. Um, I like I started like going to league in two thousand nine, and then I started playing in like tournaments in two thousand ten. Um, or I guess I played a little bit in 2009 because I did play a little bit. I played like three tournaments as a senior. Um, specific card that I can think of. I mean, the one card, the card that I've kind of like defaulted, like I don't really have um, a favorite Pokemon. I say it's Shuppet because that's the card I used to win my first regional championships. Um, but I don't really have like, um, I mean, a car, I can't really think of like, I mean, I can picture cards in my head from all the way back then, but I can't <laughs> like, one doesn't really stand out to me particularly um yeah i don't really i don't really it's i don't really like i even say like um you know i'm not overly drawn to pokemon like i didn't play the video games i've never finished a pokemon video game Uh, the only pokemon video game i played is sword and shield and i haven't even finished that one um I think if like i had played magic like if me and my brothers had played magic or Yu-Gi-Oh, i would just be playing that on the same competitive level i think I'm, like i'm nothing nothing really ties me to pokemon until you know until this point where i'm this deep into it right like nothing um was keeping me in the in the card game early on besides kind of my friends that were in the game um that i made through it and then until up to this point where i've kind of devoted my uh current career path towards it just being a content creator in it um, yeah, nothing was really tying me to Pokemon besides kind of my friends in the game. I'm not overly like attached to Pokemon in general. I really enjoy the game, but, you know, I never played the video games. Uh, I don't have it like a special like attachment. I don't have a favorite. Really, I don't truly have a favorite Pokemon. I just give it to Shuppet. Um, but yeah, there's nothing nothing that comes to mind really for that, for sure.
0: So what brought you into the game then? Was it your brothers? Did you have friends who played? What like drew um, you into the scene?
1: so yeah we we, had i always had cards like everyone had pokemon cards or pretty (laughs) much everyone had pokemon cards um and then um we had a friend uh me and my brothers had a friend who like also had cards and like went to league and he like you know brought us to league one time and then we played at league um and you know and then you know i have two brothers um and a sister who used to play so we'd be playing pokemon all the time at our house and then we go to league on the weekends um then we started going to our first couple tournaments um and yeah we just we just played a lot like it was something that we we did um so we continued doing it um but yeah i don't i never had like a um yeah and we just started playing we started playing from there went to league bunch of tournaments um and then you know started getting pretty good at it because me and my brothers played all the time my brothers were pretty good too unfortunately they both uh decided to quit right as they aged up to Masters, so um, they didn't really give it their all uh, and see how good they actually could have been. I think they would have been pretty good if they kept playing. We were all pretty good. Um, I wasn't like any better than them at all when we were playing. Um, They just didn't want to continue with it like I did. Um, I always think it would have been really interesting if my brothers had continued playing. I think we would have been pretty good in the game if we had all played together and continued playing. Um, But yeah, they kind of gave up on it as they made their way into the Masters division.
2: Scary thought. (laughs)
1: <laughs> three of the griego
2: brothers just like yeah. dominating the top table.
1: <laughs> i actually i think we could have i think we could have had because we played a lot like when, when we were together we'd play a lot we'd like we were like more thorough in testing even though if our d our ideas and our mindset wasn't as refined as like i am now with my testing um like we had like ideas behind like my i remember my brother played at nationals he played a quad dawn fan deck um it was like two years in a row for my brother. It was it was a very funny actually. Two years in a row, he played against the only auto loss he could in top sixty four at Nats. One was he was playing, uh, he was playing the Steelix deck, Steelix Prime, um, and we didn't we didn't talk to anyone. We didn't know anyone. We came up with the Steelix Prime on our own with with like the healing where you constantly healed. It. And then he hit the only uh, what was it called the Shuppet. There was a Shuppet deck with like a one one Blaziken in it. Oh, no. He hit the only one of those in top sixty four and he lost. He would have won Nationals that year almost guaranteed if he had not hit that guy in top sixty four. And then the next year he plays a Quad Dawn fan deck. Um, but we didn't test the Dark by Mewtwo matchup because we didn't know Dark by Mewtwo existed. And then we would have played Lost Remover on his list for sure if we had known it existed and he lost to that guy. Um, yeah, like the testing back then with my brothers, like we always, it was very like, we were very refined in what we were trying to accomplish. Obviously, probably not as good as it would have been to this day, but yeah, um, yeah, it would have been, I always think back, it would have been interesting if they had continued playing for sure.
0: Yeah, plus it's always good having resources close to home, right?
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, for sure, for sure. Being
0: able to slam some games with your brother sounds convenient, (laughs) at least. Yeah,
1: (laughs) definitely, definitely.
0: So, Azul, you take me as someone who, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you go all in (laughs) on things that you do, it seems like. You're very into Pokemon, you've kind of gone all in on the streaming thing. Has there been any other hobbies that you've, like, picked up throughout your life that have also, like, warranted this investment of time and interest?
1: Um... Yes, yeah, I definitely am very all. I don't like doing something. I like doing. I only like doing things if I can be competitive at them. That's why. <laughs> yeah. That's why I um, even in like pretty much in anything, even in like video games. Like I don't like playing video games where I can't be competitive mm. about it. Stuff like, mm. um, just kind of call them out. The animal like Animal Crossing. You know, uh, I know a lot of people love that game, but those kind of games and like stuff like Minecraft, where it's kind of like an endless cycle, um, of just you know doing stuff over and over again. There's no no, like, competitive uh, side to it. But League of Legends is something that um, I used to play a ridiculous amount of League of Legends. Um, An insane amount. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and like, I would wake up, play League of Legends, go to bed, wake up, play League of Legends, go to bed. Um, so that's, that's really the um, only other thing. But yeah, if it's, if it's, if I can't be competitive um, at it, then I don't like doing it. Um, and if I do, if I can be competitive out of it, and like, I don't like doing something and not trying to give it my all and try to be the best that I can at it. Um, so, um, this Pokemon obviously um, is where I'm at right, at right now with that. But yeah, League of Legends is like the only thing. Um, I mean, I know, like you said, like hobby, video games in general, I guess can be a hobby. But League of Legends for me was definitely like uh, used to be like something I used to do, give it my all at, and was like literally the only thing I did because I just wanted to be the the best that I could at it. Um, I committed many many hours to League of Legends for <laughs> for a couple of years. Um, and I almost kind of wish I could have uh, had tried a little bit harder. I remember. Um, you know, like I got the highest, I got almost the highest rank you could, diamond in it, and then I kind of just like stopped there. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna chill at that. I, I always kind of wish I, if I could, one of my regrets I like, would not be trying harder at League of Legends. And once I got to that point, I kind of like definitely could have gone further in that. Um, I definitely regret not uh, giving it a little bit more. Maybe I wouldn't have been able to make anything more out of it, but definitely trying a, a little bit harder at that is something I regret not doing. Wow.
0: Imagine it's a little GG on the LCS stage.
1: Right no. <laughs> Still Maybe. not buying wards though. Yeah, I wouldn't buy any wards, but <laughs> But back then, back then a lot of back then a lot of people didn't buy wards, so I think it was fine. I would fit right in with like Wild Turtle and stuff. So
0: <laughs> I guess so, yeah. So now we have three different facets at least. We have the league, we have streaming, and we have Pokemon. I would like one peak from each of those activities.
1: One peak? Mm-hmm. Like what?
0: Not a peak of ROM, but like uh, a high point, a like good a,
1: moment, like a zenith, oh, a hi- oh, like a pe- oh, like a peak. Yeah. Um, so streaming, uh, Pokemon and uh, <sighs> League of Legends. All right. Well, I mean, for Pokemon, I think it's pretty easy. It's going to be, um, and I didn't even have that. I didn't even do that well, but it was definitely not this season, but last season, um, when just the group I was a part of was kind of winning we we're winning um so many tournaments and it was such a uh it was a great group of guys and it was just like a fun to show up to every tournament and be with them and win the tournament and feel i didn't it never felt cocky but like feeling so confident that if if you know if i just played my best and we all played our best one of us was going to win the tournament like and that was like um and then the best moment was definitely when um when isaiah won uh, Australia with the uh, Zapdos deck. That deck was super fun to play too. Our list wasn't that great. We didn't spend uh we could have spent a lot more time on the list, but like the deck was we were so far ahead of what everyone else was playing it didn't really matter. I had right. four <laughs> Volkner Vul- in their peak so I mean it was going to be an easy <laughs> tournament. Uh but yeah that was the, the peak of my Pokemon was definitely that that whole season pretty much was just um I mean towards the end it kind of fell off quite a bit. Um but you know the for the first the first half and middle was it was great. That's definitely like the peak. And even though I didn't have that great of results that year uh, I mean I got I mean, I did decent at the ICs, and then I got a couple seconds at regionals, but, like, overall, it felt like it couldn't get better than that because even if... I knew if I just played my best, one of us was winning the tournament, um, almost guaranteed, it felt like, every time we walked into a tournament. So that was definitely the... As far as Pokemon goes, that's definitely the uh, the peak moment right there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I don't know. It feels like for streaming, it's like every time a new set releases, the stream... Uh, that's like the my favorite stream um every like set release stream is like the my favorite stream so my my peak for for streaming is the next set release um <laughs> i can't wait for that one that's going to be a ton of fun excited for that um and then uh you want one for league of legends as well yeah man <laughs> what a right, league of legends um i mean it's definitely i Definitely, like when I first, the first like season, like season three in League of Legends, two thousand. I don't even know when that is. That's when I first started playing. Um, first started playing the game. That's I got my, yeah, I I played with my friends in normals like every day when they weren't playing. I would play by myself. I got to rank thirty, and I just went immediately into ranked. Didn't play normals ever again. I rarely ever play a game of normals. I can't even remember the last time I played a game of normals, League of Legends. I hate it. Once I got into ranked, it was just like ranked was like all I cared about. Playing the normal game, there was like no, it was like it felt like I was wasting time when I could be playing a ranked game. Um, and then, yeah, just hitting Diamond felt like that was a back then that was like a felt like like I won a regionals. Um, back then for like <laughs> awesome. when I got Diamond in League of Legends, it was insane. It was great. It was my first season playing. Um, I knew that was a big accomplishment in itself. Um, and yeah, that was I mean for League of Legends, that was it. It was just like hitting diamond in my first season playing. Um I wasn't even at the end of the season. It was like a little bit over halfway season through. Um, so that felt uh felt pretty ridiculously good to uh achieve that. That's pretty awesome. I definitely was not diamond my first season. <laughs> <laughs> I played a ridiculous amount of league though in my I like literally it was wake up play League of Legends go to bed as as many hours as I could actually oh play League of Legends that's I was playing League of Legends I was that's obsessed with the insane. game yeah <laughs> it was a lot of League of Legends
0: yeah that's a not an uncommon story I feel like especially <laughs> especially in the season 3 and 4 days I feel like that was some people it was, were like super yeah, the game, into league
1: yeah game felt a lot better back then too um yeah
0: it was more fun at least
1: yeah definitely definitely
0: <laughs> cool so I think one thing that you called out as a peak was, you know, your experience with, you know, the gang and being able to dominate those tournaments for so long. And I'm sure one thing a lot of people were realizing or thinking on the sidelines is, you know, what's going on here? How are they able to consistently come up with such good ideas? You know, do you have any insight into what that process looks like? You don't have to give away any sort of secrets or anything. Yeah. But like how would someone up their game to be able to, you know, refine their list, come up with stronger ideas? What's the strategy that goes into that?
1: Um, I mean, so a couple... A lot of it is, you know, just kind of trying to figure out what you want to beat in a tournament. And um, I like to think I'm pretty good at predicting um, metas for tournaments um, in general. Um, And that's, like, the biggest strength you can have. Because if your deck... If someone's deck is, you know, built to beat everything that's, like, Tier 1 to Tier 3, their deck's going to be worse than a deck that is simply built to beat, like, four decks and then can handle some of the Tier 3 decks, right? Right. Um, it's going to be a stronger deck overall. So when you, when those decks meet, you're just going to, you're going to probably just beat them. Right. Cause your deck is refined to just beat those. And one of my, um, um, I think standout decks was the Glissapod Garbodor that I got second with at, uh, was it Memphis, Madison, Memphis. one of those Memphis. Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, I want to beat Zorak decks and, uh, I didn't even know Buzzle was like, going to be a deck, but it beat <laughs> Buzzle, So that was cool. Um, <laughs> And then I was like, I lose the guard for, And I was like, but no good players are going to play guard for. None of them did. Um, if there's going to be any in day two, it's going to be very little. There was very little in day two. Um, and, you know, I kind of walked through that tournament pretty easily. I uh, had a tough one against Mahone in the top four. But everything else up to that, I almost went nine zero on the day one. Uh, I tied a Greninja that I should have beat. And then I tied Mahone, but it was looking very good for me in game three. Um, so, like, I almost went nine zero in day one. Like, feeling good, super good about that one. And then that's kind of like the... The one thing I think I'm very good at is kind of like predicting tournaments. So you either want to play uh, the broken deck, you know, a broken deck um, that no one knows about. So you're either playing, eight, like in, the, in Sword and Shield, you're either playing ADPization, nothing beats it. So you can't, you you either are playing the broken deck or you're playing a deck that beats it but takes losses somewhere else. So something like Baby of Sufflans. So for something like the Sword and Shield meta, it's like very hard to come up with anything. Um, but yeah, you're looking to either play the best list of the broken deck. And a good example is ADPization. You're trying to play... Uh, a broken deck that other people just don't note about. A good example of that is the Toad Zorak deck that we came up with in Expanded, um, which is definitely best at Portland, because that was mm-hmm. like when no one had any idea what the heck was going on when we were playing that. Um, or you just want to be playing a deck that where you call the meta really well, and you're like, I'm going to beat these four decks because um, I know these other two decks, even though they're really good, just aren't going to show up. No one's going to play them, so I don't have to worry about them. I'll take the L's to those. Just beat these decks over here and give myself that big advantage. Now... Um,
2: now when you say no one are you referring specifically to like the field at large or when you metagame are you looking at what the best players will play
1: uh it can be it can be a mix of both so it can be you can look at just what the best players are going to play um and that's something i personally do a lot is i'll be like um the good players are not going to the, the above average players the better players you know the people who are you know constantly making day two um no surprise if they win the event or easily top eight the event um they're not going to play that deck so the and that affects that's mostly a draw towards the day two meta in general because there is two different metas there's the day one meta and there's the day two meta um and and something that we haven't seen in a while is that because of you know the ap station being so good it is the day one meta it is also the day two meta so we don't see that as much as we've have in the past and i feel like even in the recent years it's less it's becoming less and less so that that's a thing because the information share is so high um and uh Everyone is like leaning towards less decks. Be like the, the the most popular decks are more and more popular. Like there's just less there's less decks being played overall. Um, so we're just seeing less of a uh, difference between day one and two meta overall, um, for sure. Um, excuse me. Uh, sh- what was your original question again? Sorry, I'm, I was, I went off on there.
2: Oh, just that. Are you metagaming oh, yeah. four, the top players or?
1: Yeah, yeah. So four, um, four. yeah, it, it depends. Depends on what the what decks are in the meta. Um, and if like there is a specific deck that is uh good but not too heavily played i think a good example going back to that memphis tournament was gardvor was like a pretty good deck even at that time but i was like it's a good deck um but it's just like it's not It's no matter what happens it's not going to be a super heavily played deck and i just know the the better players are just not going to play this deck so i just don't have to I don't have to. If I make to day two, if I hit them in day one, oh well, I hit them in day one. But if I make it to day two, they just won't exist, and they just didn't exist in day two. Um, so that that one specifically was, um, the no one's just gonna, just no one's gonna play this. Um, but sometimes it is something more overall meta, like something you can just be like, I'm just gonna count baby blondes out this tournament for so and so reason and so on. Whether whether you think people are gonna heavily tech for it, like even going into uh, qualifier two, uh, it would have been a pretty good bet to just be like. Um, Everyone's going to be switching decks that beat mill, um, or that, are, or people are going to attack more against mill. So I'm just not going to play to beat mill. That would have been a, a pretty safe uh, bet, I think. And I think mill saw a drastic uh, downswing in terms of play and success from qualifier one to qualifier two, at least into day two. In day one, I don't know if it was still super popular, but I'm pretty sure the day two numbers were way down um, than what they used to, than the, what they were in qualifier one. So going from qualifier one to qualifier two would have been an okay bet to just not prepare yourself, your own deck for mill, just based on assuming people would tech for mill be more prepared for mill just knowing the matchup better and then um just beating playing a deck like the Mewtwo malamar that was super popular that just beats mill so it's a it's a mix it kind of depends on what what the good decks are um, and then what kind of level of tournament it is as well
0: then as a follow-up to that is there any sort of method that you employ to predict the metagame or what kind of you know, strategies do you use to help facilitate your predictions of what people might play?
1: Um, just just kind of thinking about the meta. That's kind of it. And it's, it's almost kind of like thinking about, um, yeah, it's just kind of like thinking about and like, would... I just kind of ask myself the question of if I do think people would play this deck or if I think the, you know, if it's a situation where I'm like, what do I want to... Do I want to, like, if I'm trying to specifically beat what I think the better players in the tournament are going to play... Um, do i think they'll play and i kind of just ask myself that question i answer yes or no like a good one would be just be like spell tag malamar i'm like do the do i think the better players are going to play spell tag malamar the answer is no Do i think the people at large are going to play spell tag malamar the answer is also no um so we're kind of just good to take the l to spell tag malamar right um so i kind of just ask ask myself the question then i kind of just like think through it and then i just come up with a yes or no um just based on kind of my knowledge and play throughout playing the game um I have so much of it since I've been playing for so long now. Just kind of thinking about you know in the past, do people tend to t- uh, trend towards these kind of decks? You know, yes or no? Do I expect people to stick on them? Um, yes or no? Pika would definitely be one where it's like it's probably going to show up. Good players also enjoy playing it, so you expect that one to come back. Especially when like with Rebel Clash, there's so much Pika out there. So that's like you know it's, I just kind of ask myself the question, that I just kind of think about it. That's 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 kind of my whole process on that for that one.
0: It's a worthy process indeed. So. <laughs> Let's talk about Rebel Clash a little bit now then. So you think Picarom is going to be big. We got the qualifier coming up. You're potentially playing in it. What are some of the decks that you predict as someone who has affirmed themselves as being good at predicting metagames <laughs> to be a part of Rebel Clash format?
2: Putting them on the spot. <laughs> um, and what you would say can and will be used against you. In a court of law, yes. <laughs> For the record. You
1: know. <laughs> I definitely think I used to be better at it. I don't know. I don't know what changed, but I used to. Definitely, I think it's actually harder to predict meta now. Like I said, the information share is so high. There's just simply less decks in the tournament, so it's harder. It's harder to like weave between decks. It's just kind of like here's five decks. are all gonna be really popular. You have nothing you can do about it. Is what it feels like. It is more now, um, but for yeah. the qualifier this weekend. Uh, ADPization is still going to be really big because um, we haven't the decks haven't developed enough to prove and there hasn't been any like no one's can prove that they can beat ADPization consistently or they kind of dominate it um, besides obviously like Baby is, like has an advantage but even then it's like not that big of an advantage especially with people going up to higher Marnie counts is getting closer and closer so um, so yeah, ADPization is still going to be super big um, I think Dragapult is going to be super big it's a cool new deck that seems to be able to stick around or hang against the the ADP station so everyone wants to play that one just because it's like something cool something new hey it can beat ADP station that's pretty cool and it doesn't lose to everything else um and then Pikaram uh I just dude there's just so much Pikaram out there I see people talking about I've seen a couple like Tournaments, you know, people playing with the Rebel Clash cards, and there's like four Pika in their top 8s so I'm like, well, why are there all these Pika here? <laughs> so there's just a lot of. I think a Pika is going to be super popular as well. It definitely got better. Speed Energy is an insanely good card. It was like on my top ten list for for Rebel Clash. I think I put it as my second card. Like even if it even if it's all zero play, the card would still be insanely broken. Like if it, if it if it released with Rebel Clash, and it's all zero play from now till the end of time in Pokemon, the card would still be insanely broken because drawing two cards when you attach your energy for turn. Is insane. That's just he's plus yeah. two cards, right? Um, so yeah, those three are going to be the big ones, and I think like um, I don't know what like Baby Bless Cephalon will definitely be more popular than whatever's next, but I don't even know what comes after those four. Um, like I really like Jirachi Prism Starization, but it's not going to be heavily played, I think, at all. Um, then there's stuff like Tactricity, which I think is like the only other new deck that can really hang with everyone because it really can if you just draw if you like if you just draw decently you just beat down on anything that else is big like you just beat ADP Zation, you just beat dragapult like you're just one-shotting everything um so that deck um i think it's pretty good obviously you can't hang against baby Bucephalon. it's just kind of a big dude that's worth a lot of prize cards so that's that's what baby Bucephalon loves and you have no tricks to get extra prize cards so um but if you're just if you're playing up against dragapults and ADP Zation's all day then the toxicity is actually i think pretty good um but those are like the only new decks, Firebox, which is something I've been playing a decent amount with recently on stream. Uh, felt really good. Felt really good. Still, being able to one shot a V Max feels really nice, um, and Heatran can do that. Um, you know, give him if you give him a couple turns and a couple welders, um, Victini V is very good at setting him up. Um, so I think that deck will see. I think that deck if we'll see a lot of success. I don't know how heavily played it will be, but I think Firebox will see a lot of success, and it has been recently uh, in the qualifiers, the other qualifiers as well. I think it's definitely an underrated deck. Definitely a deck that people... It has a, a stigma around it where it's you have to run super hot. It's really clunky. It's really inconsistent. It's not. The deck is fine. Um, you just got to learn how to pilot it properly. Victini V adds a ton of consistency to the deck. Of I can whiff a Welder, but still have enough energy in play to actually be ahead in the prize exchange. Um, so I expect a ton of ex- success out of that deck. I might play that one myself. It's up there on my list after playing so much with it recently. Um, but yeah, the big ones, Picaram, ADPization, and... Um, Dragapult. those are the big three for sure
0: for sure i always find it interesting that firebox gets that insane stigma around it when it was piloted by top players to consistent success at some of the biggest and most prestigious events in pokemon
1: yeah and the, and the one that uh, i brought up recently was robin um robin and nico were like the only two players to like play that build of abilities art i believe at um brazil robin wins nico was 5-0 um i know he said he i think he choked some games like Ra- nico should have been in day two there as well and who knows how far he could have gone at brazil and they were like the only two people piloting that new age abilities art at that tournament and then you had um uh Lasage mm-hmm. again australia you know piloting it to second place um uh, not a whole, not a whole ton had change with like his build. I mean, he got the Victini V, which is actually huge for the... Actually, I don't even know if he played the Victini V. He had the Volcanion though, he which did. is still pretty good. He had the Victini V. Yeah. Oh, he didn't have the Volcanion. That's right. He had the Victini V, which is like actually a big, a big deal in that because it gives you like a tr- an extra turn to Whiff Welder. Um, so yeah, and then he he was one of the few people playing it as well. He was maybe the only one in day two. Maybe there was two. Um, but yeah, people like to knock on it, um, so they don't play it. It has that weird stigma around it, which which kind of. Like, people don't even play the deck because, like, oh, it's supposed to be a you have to ex- run insanely hot. It's super inconsistent and clunky. I'm not even going to try it. And then when people, you know, play it for a couple games, they get that one hand where it's six fire energy and a bullpicks and they just give up on it immediately. Um, so, yeah, definitely does not deserve the the hate it gets at all. Super strong deck right now. Um, it isn't as consistent as Pikaram or Zation ADP or sure. Dragapult, but it's not bad for sure. For That's sure. not a reason to not play the deck.
0: Right. Well, it's got a fundamentally more complicated game plan, right? Like, there's just more going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's not It's not attach, attach, attack, attach, attach, uh, yeah. GX attack, uh, attach, attach, full blitz. It's <laughs> gotta be a little bit... You, got, you gotta You got put enough energy in just probably You gotta get them sometimes there for the Victini Prism. You have to manage your energy in play to use Turtonator and Heatran and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely a little bit more complicated in uh, in that aspect for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, we're...
2: I think this is a good time to start opening up the floor, but I don't think we could get through an interview without asking about this. Uh, That is who you live with. Um, You, you know, you're, you're living with Michael Pramawat, one Mm -hmm. of the most accomplished, arguably one of the, you know, greatest of all time Pokemon players and also American dad. (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> one
2: of the, the you know i would say one of the highest uh, growing you know twitch streamers and content creators right now uh, yeah out there so talk to us a little bit about that house and uh you know what the family dinner is like
1: <laughs> i mean we we're all kind of um i mean i'm always busy all the time working sure. on something um pram is quiet uh most of the time andrew is loud um uh thankfully not too loud um, but yeah he's always busy with, sh- with you know his streaming stuff and he's blowing up recently I always knew he would it would kind of just be a matter of time until he you know uh, and he has started blowing up recently over there uh on his channel um but yeah I mean I mean for me'm I'm, I'm always been someone who kind of just keeps to myself anyways um but yeah they it's like it's chill it's just chill living with them they're chill guys um yeah that's it Pr- pram's quieter Andrew's louder I guess I'm somewhere <laughs> in between maybe a little bit but um yeah it's a fun the fun time for sure you definitely How much of, yeah, oh, go ahead,
0: right I then. was going to say you definitely have an above average amount of uh, you know like penile shaped objects in your house oh.
1: <laughs> yeah Andrew has quite a few toys yeah for sure he's got quite a few toys and he leaves them around the house sometimes but yeah, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me too much
2: you just gotta you know turn on the light when you're you know, going to the bathroom in the middle of the night
1: yeah just gotta make sure <laughs>
2: Cool. So good. Um, all right. So let's go to the chat and uh it looks like it's all memes. Uh (laughs) why do you think that you gravitate towards the, you know, kind of meme side when you stream? I I think that's always kind of interesting to see the personality come out, uh, whether it be, you know, super serious or super memey or somewhere in between. Uh where do you think you fall on the spectrum and why do you think you fall
1: there? Um Hmm. i think i mean more recently has been falling towards um the meme side of things uh for sure um definitely when i first started streaming it was definitely more serious as far as like the chat goes and everything but it gets boring uh something less exciting uh the memes are fun definitely need to keep them in check Uh, otherwise you know they get repetitive and they get old and they become unfun real fast so you keep the keep the memes in check but definitely uh definitely towards the meme side is definitely the i think the the better place to be you just got to do it uh you know keep it keep it contained a little bit
0: as an extension of that uh this is something i definitely wanted to ask what's the deal (laughs) with the rat thing like how did that start (laughs) um you've always been a fan of the word rat you have said rat a lot the time that i've known you but how did that become like your symbol or icon (laughs)
1: um i don't know i just yeah the word rat um called everything rats the was a big rat involved in the making of the rats um and then one day michael katron i don't know how he found this song song requested us a, a ridiculous uh birth it's called uh rats birthday Re- birthday remix um, ridiculous rat song uh you'd have to just listen to it um i don't know where whoever whoever made it i don't know how they came up with it like um, I always like to think when people like, you know, that really, you know, you end up in one of those really weird places on YouTube where <laughs> yeah. it's just video after video. Just really, I, I feel like those people are all geniuses. Cause like, how do you come up with that? Right. You know, there's people <laughs> who invent, there's people like, you know, uh, you know, like Elon Musk, he's obviously a genius. Um, and you know, making all of his, his weird stuff and, and gadgets and so on. But then you have people who make these really weird YouTube videos, like to think of anything extreme in any, in any, you know, any direction, I feel like you have to be a genius, bro. So the, Whoever invented that rat song is definitely a genius in, in some uh, some respects. Um, yeah. But the uh, but the rat picture on the on the video was just that that rat, <laughs> and he just looks super super uh, you know zonked out. Um, it's like
2: a possum awesome rat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just this horrific.
1: Um, and it kind of just all kind of grew from there. Just grew from there, um, calling everything rats. Uh, and then K Tron requested the the weird birthday remix rat song. Um, which has kind of become the 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 channel uh anthem or theme song, whatever um and yeah, the rats just kind of took off from there basically amazing
0: <laughs> so we got a lot of memes in chat, some of them disguised as questions um, <laughs> Any, a lot of... <laughs> uh,
1: crowbat v questions uh, quite a few <laughs> actually have you have you seen the Crobat v? <laughs> No, not yet. I actually have not taken a look at it. I definitely. Have to, if people keep bringing it up. Um, at first I thought they were just saying it was they reprinted shaman, but apparently it's a whole different card. I thought they just renamed it and it was just shaman, but it's a whole different card now, bro. It's it's insane. It sounds crazy. All right, I yeah, definitely got to take a look at the Crobat V. People have to if people don't remind me, though, I might forget. So, um, yeah. Definitely have to take a look at the Crobat V eventually.
0: <laughs> one day.
1: One day. One day. Might just wait until it comes out. That'll be the day.
0: And Dan really wants to know your Taco Bell order as well.
1: Taco Bell order? Um, I get the, what is the thing called where it's like the it's like a in a it's like a it's like a quesadilla? Crunchwrap. Yeah, the Crunchwrap Supreme that that thing I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. That thing. It's just like all the stuff into one thing. You just get that. It's a lot of food. It's oh. not very. It's, it's cheap, bro. It's just really good. Like. <laughs> I, I've never was like a huge fan of Taco Bell Um, or like I liked it and, but I don't know one like uh, about a month ago I went there and I went to Taco Bell I got a Contra Supreme and I was just like ever since then I've kind of just been in love with Taco it's just so good whenever I like I don't f- eat fast food very often but when I do I, I usually just go to uh, to Taco Bell because it's, it's just so good I don't know what they did what they put in there but man keep it up
0: Taco Bell be hitting different during quarantine <laughs> <laughs> definitely <laughs> Here's an interesting one. Out of ten, how good will Lost March be this quarter?
1: Uh I'm trying to think of like what a one would be. Cause then it's <laughs> probably around a two or a three. Um okay. I'm trying like yeah. think, I'm trying to think of the, the spectrum. So it's probably around a three. If we're putting like the ones at like something with Cl like some people are talking about a Clefable Magmortar deck. That's probably like a one or a zero. So then, Lost March is probably like at a three. Maybe he gets up to a four. Probably a three.
2: We have a lot of culinary questions, so that leads me to ask: like, uh, you say you don't go out for fast food that often. Are you are you a home cook? Are you a, are you a chef? A little amateur chef? <laughs> uh, you know, partaking in the culinary
1: arts. I don't cook. I don't cook very often. I do cook sometimes. Um... I'm kind of like a basic like um, I'll just cook things that are really simple like just like chicken and broccoli kind of stuff um, you know pasta sometimes I will get a little bit more adventurous not very often though um, I just keep I buy base very basic uh, easy to cook easy things that I can easily cook at home for for meals um, don't go into like I don't get like frozen meals or anything but like you know I keep it simple or as simple as I possibly can peanut string butter and jelly string cheese yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly, apples, bananas, uh popcorn. Microwave popcorn is pretty good. But sometimes I will like be like, you know what? I really want to make like I don't know lasagna or something, and I'll go out of my way and I'll do that. Wow, yeah, that's a
0: that's a big step up from the peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I don't do it often, but yeah, sometimes when I when I have the time, but the biggest thing for me is always kind of just time. I like I try and you spend as much as much much of my time as possible. uh sh- Like I said, I want to stream as much as I possibly can. You know, up to a point. You know, I'm probably not going to be doing you know streaming 16 hours every day but you know up to a point I want to get to I want to like find that point and then I want to continuously try and stream that much so I, I'm currently trying to stream as much as possible and then when I'm not streaming uh, YouTube videos uh, and other content uh, like my Patreon that I've just started up recently and stuff like that um, and then you know sometimes I do get tired I need a break play some video games um, when I uh, when I do have time and then um, and then yeah if I, if, I have, if I find myself with a decent chunk of time that's when I'm like alright I'm going to I'm going to try and cook something.
2: What uh, what are some streamers or YouTubers that you're looking at right now for either inspiration or even like on a wind down that you just really enjoy their content? Uh, obviously, it uh, doesn't have to be Pokemon related, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube, I've actually cut kind of... I've gone out of my way to cut YouTube. I used to watch too much YouTube. I used to watch a lot. I would be... I was subscribed to like over 100 channels. Now I'm only subscribed to music channels and video game donkey. Because uh, he's super funny, yeah, video game guy. Duncany um, uh, is the only only content creator YouTuber that I'm still subscribed to besides just music channels on YouTube. Actually, one of the things I used to I do do to fill my time is I just look for music. Like I just go listen to music. Um, I'm subscribed to like four, or five, or six different um, the just channels on YouTube that upload music daily, and I just go and I start listening to music. Sometimes I just like I love. I'm a huge like a huge Fan of music, everyone's a fan of music, but literally, if music's not playing and I'm not doing something where I'm talking to someone, I'm playing music. Like, I'm, I have music on all the time. Like, while I'm recording my videos, I'm listening to music while I'm editing my videos and listening to music while I'm streaming. I'm listening to music. Um, so yeah, sometimes I just go listen to music streamers. Um, I kind of just who's ever on, like, I'll just go to the uh, the front page and just see who's streaming. What what's going popular? I'm a big fan of esports. So if there's ever an esports event on uh, for like League of Legends, CSGO is my favorite for sure by mm-hmm. far. I love watching CSGO. I don't play the game at all. I played, you know, maybe a hundred matches total of CSGO in my life, probably less. But I love <laughs> watching CSGO. The the commentators are great, the game is easy to watch, it's super fun. That's just a, a ton of fun to watch. But um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Call of Duty Warzone recently. That game is insanely fun. I love Battle Royale's. So I've been playing a decent amount of that. So I've been watching like if I ever have, if there's downtime, just chilling, I'll turn on a a, a Warzone stream sometimes. Whoever just at the top, Nick Marks or someone, and just watch a little bit of that.
0: So are you looking forward to Valorant then?
1: Valorant, um, I've been playing it. I played it a little bit. Um, it's it's one of those games where uh, it's the thing. I I've been playing a little bit. I don't. It's almost like I I i like the game but i don't want to play it because i don't have enough time to commit to get good at the game so yeah. i don't want to play it whereas it's something like warzone which has like been my go-to video game recently you i don't have to commit a whole ton of time i can get on uh hit up the the goon squad just play a couple games um but like valorant it's a, it's a little bit more in depth of a game um if my if my time frees up or if i want to start including it maybe into like you know at the end of some streams playing a little uh, Valorant or something like that I might start uh, playing it again but it's a ton of the game's a ton of fun super good game um, from what I've played just don't I don't want to co- I don't I just I, yeah, I basically just don't want to commit to it because I can't commit enough time to it basically
0: yeah I kind of feel the same way about Valorant yeah cool. so I think we're about reaching the end here Azul the last thing I'll ask of you is there anything that you want to say to our viewers and listeners? Uh, it can be a shout out, it can be a piece of advice, whatever you got for us. Now is your time to shine.
1: Um. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks to you guys for having me. Um. Keep watching. Uh. Keep watching Pokemon streams. Um. I think. I mean, the, the one of the things, little things, like I said, I want. You know, online Pokemon PTGO to live for, ideally live forever, because I enjoy you know creating content in this space and i want to you know, i want to be like a full-time pokemon streamer uh, the rest of my life if i could be obviously um there are going to be some factors into that out of my control but you know people hanging out and supporting the game and watching the game and enjoying the game um you know might bring about might be the ch- the, the thing to bring about change so keep doing that keep uh keep just uh having fun playing the game watching the game uh and uh enjoying the game for sure
0: So I think a shout out to Pokemon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure having you. You're a really cool guy. Thanks, guys. That's not me just shanking your chain. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening, just like Azul said. And we will catch you same time next week. Peace.
2: See ya. Bye.